You're now listening to the Raw Urban Mobile Podcast, straight from the streets of Tokyo. And we ain't talking no sushi temples and shrines and shit, motherfuckers. Tokyo Cliff, Chocolate Buddha in the house, and welcome to the Raw Urban Mobile Podcast, also known as Rump. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We got a special guest today. Mm-hmm. My brother, fellow Brooklyn native, Baye McNeil. What's going on, man? Yo, what's up, man? All Thanks right. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. And introduce yourself to the the audience, man. Uh, my name is Baye. I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York, Bedford Stuyvesant. What up? All right. Cool. <laughs> yep, yep. I've been out here in Japan last, what, 13 years? Okay. Um, writer, columnist, activist. Yes, sir. Yeah, all right. All that good stuff. Oh, keep Author. going. Huh? Keep going, keep bro. Going. Keep going. You're on the road. <laughs> yeah, man. Just yeah. doing my thing out here. I was reading a interview that you did. I don't know when it was, but... And you said something um, that, I, that I guess that I really relate to. And you'll probably recognize it once I start reading the quote. Reading your quote, uh, the question was, "Is Japan your home?" And what you said was, "Yes." I, I remember the last time I went home to Brooklyn, I felt like a fish out of water, like a damn tourist in my own hometown. Such is the nature of change in a city like New York. Not to mention, it's been gentrified all to fuck, and half of my friends and fams have been chased out of the state. Don't get me started. Anyway, nah, Brooklyn ain't home anymore. Just this place that produced me that I'll cherish forever. And when I when I read that, I was like, you know what? That's fucking me too, man. <laughs> because Same it's like, here, bro. Hit the nail on the head. I've been gone for so long now. I think last time I lived in Brooklyn was 2008. So I, I definitely felt that when I went back. It's just, you know, everything is always changing, you know? Yeah. I mean, New York... I mean, even in my lifetime, it flipped a few times. You yeah. Know? So uh, it's not a big surprise that it flipped, Again, you know, in, yeah. in 13 years. But, exactly. yeah, it's really significant, man. I mean, they, when the last time I went home, it's like there was places where I used to go to get my hair cut and mm-hmm. go sh- They're gone. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. a stadium there yeah, now. You damn. know, it's like yeah. significant changes. Yes. You know? and speak- I mean, there wasn't even a Brooklyn basketball team when I left. And now, Got you. you know. So, yeah, it's just so many different changes in Brooklyn, man. Um but you know, it's 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 kind of like a still home to me, but it's not home. You know, that's uh, yeah, we we definitely have that Brooklyn connection. You know what I'm saying? I, I wanted to kind of ask you a few things about you know just growing up in Brooklyn, and um, you know, just from knowing you and talking to you, uh, I know you had a strong, I guess, pro black, pro African American upbringing. I guess you you want to say, say? Yeah, I mean, my mother, she was into the. Uh black power movement she's yeah. into the pan-african movement so exactly. she made sure that you know her children were especially afrocentric mm-hmm. you know she uh you know so she put me in a school at that time this is during that during that period when um you know i i think that black consciousness was being raised in a, in a different way than it wasn't during the civil rights movement it was gotcha. more of a you know let's get our shit together instead of trying to you know, integrate more into this American thing. Let's figure out who we are before we integrate into mm. something something greater. And uh, yeah, I was right in the middle of that 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 cultural identity movement, and that's how I got my name, Baye, and that's 
Okay. Um, she put me in a school that was uh, like central, a central part of that movement. It was called Uhuru Sasa Shule, hmm. and, uh, which means Freedom Now School. It's Swahili. And oh, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. The, the teachers there and, you know, they were all part of the, the Pan-African movement, you know, trying to unite mm-hmm. African-Americans with um, true African culture, the, the nations that, you know, from, from Africa. And, you know, so, you know, I, they were just trying to just, yeah, just raise the, the consciousness of, of, of blackness in America to, mm-hmm. to recognize so black people in, in the States could recognize that we're, we're not, you know, we're not isolated from the rest of the, the Africans around the globe, you know, because, exactly. you know, I, it's part of that, you know, uh, divide and conquer thing. Mm-hmm. Once we recognize that we're part of this, this, this global movement towards um, racial, racial equality and racial improvement and, you know, raising the, the, the raising the stakes and raising the uh, raise, raising self-awareness, exactly. and raising cultural and historical awareness. Mm-hmm. Once we realize we're part of something greater than just, you know, what we've been focusing on, what we were focusing on in America, then I think that they were, I think that the people who were the founders of this movement, they realized that that would, you know, that would uh, help us achieve the goals that, you know, Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and Martin Marcus Garvey, these guys were, were going towards, you know, and I can't say, I can't, can't really say how successful they were, (laughs) you know, I mean, there have been some achievements, but, um, I think it's an ongoing process. I mean, you might call it Black Lives Matter now, but this has been a thing that's been going on since then. Mm. Since slavery, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. I think Black Lives Matter has been—it's gone under different names, but exactly. it's been—it's it's been a continuous process of us trying to to make our lives matter here mm-hmm. in America and around the world. So, right, um, yeah, it's, and, it's had different names, but it's been basically the same movement. You know, I find I find your upbringing to be interesting because. A lot of us don't get that, you know, like I, you know, I grew up in Brooklyn, you know, I moved out of Brooklyn um, in my teens. But, you know, even when I grew up there, I didn't have that same background as you had, you know, as far as the pro-black education. And, and, and so it's really interesting. And I, I think, you know, you had a unique and special experience from a young age. Yeah. That's, that, that when you, you yeah. become a man, you just have this, you have this uniqueness about you, I guess, or... You know, this this unique education that a lot of us don't have, meaning a lot of other brothers in the, in the neighborhoods in Brooklyn or in around the world in America or whatever. Especially in Louisiana, bro, because they ain't teach that shit. And, you know, they yeah, ain't teach us that in, in the, you know, the public school exactly. system was just all about, you know, telling us telling us about Eli Whitney and all these other white guys who did all these extraordinary Columbus, things. Yeah, yeah Christopher yeah. Columbus. And they didn't tell us everything, you know what I'm saying? But, yeah, when I was reading your book, man, I, I started feeling, I wouldn't say envious, but I was like, man, I wish I would have... You know, of course, it's never too late for anything, but I wish that would have been reinforced in us because being from the South, it was like totally opposite. Now, come on now. We got to get along with these white people here. Now, I know we got to take a little bit more, but that's going to be all right. You know, know, so I grew up around that, even though we had our, our black pride, but it was. You, you you weren't allowed to express it mm-hmm. as much because of the consequences because you, folks still, you know, depended on the white man or, or something, so to speak. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know? So uh, when I read that, I was like, man, you know, I wish they would have just, you know, taught us that at a young age. But they didn't want to teach us that. And it's obvious because, you know, uh, like Public Enemy said, fear of a black planet. You know what I'm saying? You know, so. So, uh, yeah, that yes. was that so was the book awful. you're referring to is uh, High 
My name is Loco and I'm a racist. Um, I'm let you start off with that. How did that come together, that book? Well, um, well, I, I came to I came to Japan in 2004, and initially I wasn't really doing much writing here. I was just uh, cruising, <laughs> <laughs> cruising, enjoying, you know, learning about Japan and enjoying its uh, mm-hmm. its many uh, pleasant trees, <laughs> diversions. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I think that around 2008, I started documenting. Mm-hmm. A lot of my experiences here. I started a blog called Local Yokohama, and um, on that blog, I would write about things that that um, that were impacting my my life here in Japan. And um, along the way, as I was writing, as I was doing that blog, I, I I realized that a lot of the it, the blog I was dealing with issues that most bloggers at that time in Japan weren't trying to tackle. I think most people, particularly people of African descent, mm-hmm. it's kind of like the Louisiana mentality. Yeah, you know? it's like. <laughs> Let's just get along over Let's here. Just get along you know? with you. And one of the best ways to get along is not to raise issues that's gonna that might cause some divisive kind of thinking, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And um race is definitely one of those things. Yeah. You know? yeah. So most yeah. people avoided dealing with the race issues. I think they, they come from a uh the school of thinking or a school of thought that, that suggests that if you ignore it It'll go away, you know. Right, right. You know, you, you, if you keep talking about, that's why there's a race problem because you keep talking about the race problem, you <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah, that's yeah. why there's racial issues because people keep talking about racial issues. If you stop talking about them, they'll yeah. go away. But th- that hasn't been the case. I mean, anybody who's, yeah, you know, lived among race issues know that not talking about them doesn't make them go away. You know, you got to deal with them. So um, I started dealing with them, you know, on my blog, in my writing, in my mm-hmm. thinking, and um, naturally. Um, it drew attention mm-hmm. and a lot of attention. I think it became maybe the the number one destination in Japan, in mm-hmm. Asia, perhaps, mm-hmm. for people of African descent or people uh, for thinking on the thinking of people from African descent. A black blog, let's just say a black blog. Yeah, it was it was probably the number one black blog in in Asia, and mm-hmm. and of course that's gonna that's gonna draw a lot of unwelcome attention. Oh, exactly. Course. Yeah, you know, but I, I'm very grateful for the readership I have because for the most part, you know, I think most blogs. Most bloggers, they're writing that their their audience, their target audience, are the short attention span people, and I, and I've never targeted these people. If you mm-hmm. read my blog, if you even look at it, it's still up there. If you look at it now, the average post is about a thousand words. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna mm-hmm. deal with me. You're gonna deal with you. You me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, no doubt. I take the time to write my thoughts and try to you know mm-hmm. write complete thoughts and not give people little sound bites and little uh, fortune cookie kind yeah. of ideas yeah. and shit. I go I go all in. So people really appreciated that, and that's why I I, I developed a, a a serious readership, a lot of thoughtful people. But you know, then there were people who would say, well, you know, you know, a lot of your thinking is kind of suggestive that. Maybe you have some racist issues, you know, because you're kind of mm-hmm. you're kind of putting all Japanese in this one category, and you kind of you know um, painting them into one corner, mm-hmm. and you know you're not really you know looking at Japan with the kind of diversity that you would like them to look at your people with. I'm like, that's mm-hmm. hmm. Which I, makes, know, I had this sound like some white dude, right? But anyway, <laughs> which, which makes me bring up the title because very provocative. Yeah. You're saying yeah. I, I made it more provocative. Yeah. It's kind of an overstatement, a little hyperbole there. Okay. But waste basically, I mean, there's a couple of ways to define racist. You mm-hmm. know, there's the, the layman term, which is uh anybody who doesn't like another person because of their skin color. That's the layman term, mm-hmm. and that's. 
the, the definition I was using for the title. Okay, which is gotcha. Kind of a layman term. Gotcha. I mean, actually, you cannot be a racist if you don't have power. Right. For the people. Yes. That that um, that you might have any hatred or fear of. Mm. If you don't have any power over these people, then you're not really a racist. I don't know. Right. How, I don't know the word for it. Bigotry or, bigot or prejudice something. or yeah. something. But if you have no power to impact their quality of life or affect them and negatively impact them, you know, significantly, then it's kind of hard to. It's just know. it's just dislike. It's then. just dislike. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but I use that title because you know, if you when generally, I say the vast majority of the time when you hear the word racist is being misused, as far as I'm concerned. Yes. Right. Yes. And, I I I've realized that too. Yeah. So you know, but. That title, I was misusing it. Mm-hmm. I was using it so that this is how the general public is using it. Yeah, because that threw that threw me for a loop. Because I was like, first of all, ain't no damn way that black people can be racist. So, <laughs> man, <laughs> what is he talking about? You, you know what I'm saying? I, I bet you, I, I bet you, a lot of people reacted to it that way. We we're like, what? Well, I, I I broke down that layman's terminology into three different categories. There's yes, the, sir. The the shit kicker. Yep, I was reading the that in the book. Uh huh. And then you got the the oblivious. Mm-hmm. And, and the shit kicker would be uh, like, you, like you were telling me earlier, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your 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 friend's grandfather. He yeah. was a shit kicker. He was a shit kicker. He's yeah. a shit kicker. Yeah, he's one of those uh, openly, you know, I, I hate I hate black people and I hate them and I and I, I kill them every chance I get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know they 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 openly use epithets that just full on. I mean, I neo Nazis, whatever you want to. But you know, they're out there. Not to cut you off, brother, but one right. thing I did respect about them dudes back home. They told you how they felt. Oh, yeah, you gotta you respect know, they, the shit kickers. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because 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 uh, I remember you know scrolling around and it's one friend of mine, right? You know, he's like, "Now nah, you black boys don't want to be caught down here around this time of night." I just want to let you know. Now you are at with me, but just want to let you know you shouldn't be down here <laughs> when it gets a little dark. I was like. And my, 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 my friend would be like, man, you going to let that? No, man. Thank you, sir. <laughs> yeah. And I say, you know what that mean, dog? Our black asses ain't going to be caught down here this time of evening. <laughs> like, you go, it's on you. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep going, my bro. I, I was, yeah, I was really intrigued by your descriptions of the different types yeah. of races. <clears throat> I mean, actually, as a New Yorker, mm-hmm. I didn't run into shit kickers. Got you know, you. I mean, that, maybe you run into them a lot more in oh, Louisiana man. than you do in New York. Because New York... I think that I don't want us to seem like we're so much more sophisticated than people in Louisiana, but I think the racism is a little bit more sophisticated. It at is. Times. It's, it right, is. right. It is, yeah. You know, and um, I mean, my brothers, they could tell you about some. They ran the shit kickers, but they were, you know, constantly in in, in, in trouble with the law. You know, oh, so yeah, yeah, dealing yeah. dealing with cops a lot. Mm. And uh, I think I think that the police force in New York attracts a lot of shit kickers. Yeah, 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 but, yeah. Um, well, my mother's a shit kicker. She's a black shit kicker. Oh, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> she ain't no joke. So, oh, okay. so, so did that chase you out of New York? How did you get to Japan? You know, when did that? No, I I came to Japan two thousand four, but it wasn't because of that. It was after that that post nine eleven atmosphere in New York. I wasn't feeling it. Mm. You know, you got sandbags in the Brooklyn Bridge. It was it was it was it was crazy. You yeah. know, it looked like a Godzilla movie. Yeah. You know, <laughs> after right after nine eleven. It was it was crazy, but first for the first couple of years, and then after yeah, that, people there. just got accustomed to this 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 heightened alertness. You know, we had you turn on the news, you got the red alert, orange alert, yellow <laughs> alert. What the? F- you know, this that whole kind of and mm. it's like it's like they're cultivating this PTSD, this this 
this Seriously. this national PTSD. Like we're gonna we're gonna control how fucking stressed out you are by our you know we're yeah. gonna keep it. I mean, it never got below yellow. Did it, it never got below orange? Did it? It no, always stayed so. at red or mm. orange. You know, mm. like we might have an attack today. So <laughs> I'm like, nah. And then you got Bush saying, "Listen, let's not show the terrorists we that they've won. We're gonna go shopping and show them we that we still a strong country." I'm, did he just say go shopping to show the terrorists they didn't win? <laughs> yeah. Nah, I had maybe to that's to that. divert your attention so we can start another war. Anyway, <laughs> but you know, I don't want to get into too much yeah. of the, the politics, but it was stuff yeah. like that that you know made me open to living in another environment outside of America. And my friend, he was living here in Japan. He invited me to come and visit him. So I, I came over here and stayed with him for like 10 days. He was living living in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. You know, 10 days in Japan. And it was like, okay, I can do this for a year. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then a year became two years and then five years and here we are. Mm. I think that's I think that's all of our stories, man. Just <laughs> came over here just, you know, I came over here to just do a little, my little Navy time and get out. And I was like, man, I can't wait to leave this place in 30 seven years later <laughs> you know some yeah uh, i i it just uh i just yeah i mean japan once it gets his hooks in you it's really difficult to mm. to get yourself unhooked it is you know? it is and then especially when it's not it's not like you know new york is calling you it ain't calling me yeah, yeah it's not calling me yeah, yeah louisiana calling ain't me. saying hey man we need you back you I, know what I'm saying? yeah i'm I, I actually i never felt like America was calling me, mm. you know. I no, mean, I haven't either. I have and the not. closest it came to it is 2008, when out of the blue, Obama came out of the blue. Right. And I said, "How this shit happen?" Because <laughs> you know, I came from that generation that we ain't gonna never, ever, ever have anything even resembling a black president. As a matter of mm. fact, black people used to say there'll never be a black president. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but then when I. You know, watching his ascension, that's when I really, when I first started writing, it was him. Okay. You know, because I, I had a blog before Local Yokohama where I used to just write about political stuff. And both, basically, I was focused on his ascension because the okay. first time I was introduced to him, I, I don't think I even watched the 2004 convention, which is when he really gave his first speech, you know. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I never, I, I didn't watch the convention that year. I think so, it was. That's uh, the year I came here. I was. Yeah. I had diversions, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was, was distracted. That was a kickoff for the Clinton Gore thing, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man, I, I was like, "Who is this brother, man?" Yeah, I, I man, I, I knew Bush is gonna win. I didn't even waste my time. <laughs> you know, I said, like, "Oh no, they not gonna, they not gonna change who was his midstream." Yeah, 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 But anyway, um, so you got here, yeah, and... I. But two thousand eight uh-huh. was the only time I felt like. Oh, I could go back. Actually, I did go back, and I started doing some um, convers. Going door to door, knocking on, saying, you going to go out to vote? Conversing? How you say yeah, it? Yeah, I think that's the word. I'm not sure. Shit. <laughs> anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For, yeah, for yeah. Obama. Yeah. I started doing that. You know, yeah. I was like, it was shocked, too, because this was in one of those areas in Pennsylvania where uh-huh. they wasn't they, they had to get the vote out. Gotcha. You know, so I was going door to door in the white neighborhood. And this is, I wasn't in that part where the ones that, that were, you know, leaning towards Hillary and she was talking about I'm going to help you keep your guns. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't in that side of the fucking oh, Pennsylvania. Okay. I was in the, the Philadelphia area kind of thing. But, um, yeah, I was going door to door. And it's like, I knocked on this door. And it's, it's like, yes. I'm like, oh, uh, my name is Brian McNeil. And I'm doing some conferencing for, I can't forgive her the fucking word. Canvassing? Anyway, canvassing. Yeah, canvassing. I'm yeah, canvassing yeah, yeah. for uh, Obama. I just want to make sure I have you um, registered to vote. And are you planning to vote? And she's like, oh. 
She opened the door, old white lady. Mm-hmm. She's like, of course, and I'm bringing all my friends. We're all voting for Obama. I was like, <laughs> that was the first time I felt like, what? Yeah. This is, is this my country? Did I, did I get off the plane the right fucking country? Yeah. yeah. It, it, it tripped me out, man. So I was like, that was the only time I felt America calling me back. Mm. But since then, no, I haven't felt the, the, the draw, you know. Okay. Speaking of that, you know, uh, I just I just came to a conclusion, you know, I would say ooh, over a decade ago that I think the world is getting more and more borderless, man. I mean, I think that wherever you are and if you're happy where you are, the hell with it, man. I mean, you know, uh, you know, like my friends say, well, man, you ever worry about dying in Japan? I was like, hell, motherfucker, if I die, I ain't gonna know where the hell I'm at anyway. There you, go. you know what I'm saying? So I was like, yeah, wherever you are and you love it, man, that's home. When it's time to go, it's time to go. Yeah, and it's time to go. Yeah, you'll make that move when you're ready, you know. So, you know, you mentioned... Uh an introduction that you, you're a columnist you have a column yeah talk i started about a that? column in 2000 i want to say 13 mm-hmm. 2013 2014 maybe um for japan times because uh the editors at japan times had had read my books okay and they, they were you know they were looking for uh some diversity up in there okay you know? and um so they they you know, invited me in for an interview, and I spoke with them, and I, I really wasn't interested in that because I, I have something to say, but I don't particularly think that it's something that I want to. It's not something that it's not a message that for foreigners. You know, I, I want to speak to Japanese people, and I'm like, why would I write for an English language newspaper in Japan? Yeah. If if I have a message that I think is something that Japanese need to be, but mm-hmm. you know, while while I was talking to them, they told me that twenty five percent of the Japan Times readership were Japanese people. So okay, English reading English Japanese reading, people. Yes. I figured maybe that twenty five percent are shared with their non English yeah, speaking yeah. friends mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know like that shampoo commercial. Yeah, pretty so, sophisticated readership probably. You know to to be able to read the Japan Times and understand right. it. Right, you know professors yeah. and yeah, educators yeah, yeah. and influential you know, people. Yeah, like, yeah, word, so, word. So, they sold me on it, mm. and that's when I started the column. So I think my, my main objective, mm-hmm. I I think that um, a lot of the the issues that occur here in Japan, those uh those uh layman race racism issues, are mostly a result of uh, ignorance. They just don't have enough information about oh, what absolutely. black people are doing here. You know, it's not it's mm-hmm. not it's not derived from the same thing that American style racism is 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 derived from. I don't think. I mean, mm-hmm. of course, at the at the, at its most basic level, I think it's both fear on both sides, mm-hmm. but it hasn't evolved into hate here, whereas it has evolved into hate in, in sometimes in America. Yes. But so I think that the way that you can prevent it from evolving into hate, which fear eventually will do, mm-hmm. one of the ways you can offset that shit is through education yes. and through, you know, addressing the ignorance issue, which mm-hmm. the ignorance is what keeps the fear going. Yes. Right. You know. Right. So as soon as you deal with that ignorance issue, maybe you can resolve some of the some of the race issues here. So I think that part of that ignorance is that they don't know what black people are doing here. Mm. You know, mm. they, they, they have very limited exposure to us, they have very limited information about us, and most of the information they're getting is is fear laden nonsense from the West, mm. which is, you know, giving a, a, a a uh, perverted, you know, view of us. Media, you know, you know. or a very stereotypical yeah. view of us. Mass media. And, you know, 
they're, they're feeding on that. Or and even the media here, they ain't innocent. They they per- perpetuate these these images. You know, yes. they they will um, promote. But I think in their efforts, in their xenophobic efforts to maintain a fear of foreigners in general, yes, they are using in specific images of black people, specific images of, of Chinese people and Korean people. They yes. This is perpetuated in the media here. Mm. So I decided that I'd be part of the media and perpetuate positive images. Think of myself as a PR person for blackness right. here. And, you know, just kind of respond to that negativity. Like, listen, in addition to being, you know, fucking soldiers who don't respect your culture and in respect and, and in addition to being Africans who drag Japanese into clubs and all the other images that you're getting, mm-hmm. we're also fucking professors here. We're also, yes. you know, lawyers here. We're also doing entrepreneurs, some, some yeah, yeah. entrepreneurs Entre- yeah. and, you know, people that are doing, you know, that are contributing to your society here in ways that that are not being brought to you on your NHK and on your Asahi exactly. and on your Yomiuni newspaper and Mayanichi newspaper. You're not getting this stuff. That's what I feel like I'm doing. That's why I started Black Guy. That's why I continue to do it. And I think it's been having an impact. I mean, I've gotten a lot of response from, from Japanese people over the years, you know, emails and messages and mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've built up a fan base of, of Japanese people, and I feel like, yeah. yeah, 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 I'm making an impact. I'm making a difference. And, you know, and I, I probably, I don't know if I've ever told you straight up, or maybe I have, but, you know, I do tip my hat to you, man, for being on the front lines of, of you know, this and, and sharing black experience here and, and a lot of positive more so than negative. You know Thank what I'm saying? You. So, yeah, definitely tip my hat to do. Yeah. I, I would say, you know, and, and, you know, piggybacking off of that, when I came over here, like, you know, 24 years before you arrived, right? You came in 04, right? 04. I came in here in 1980. And they used to have these guys that would go to black neighborhoods in the States, you know, run down neighborhoods and show it all on the media. Me and my girlfriend used to watch it. And just, she's like, you know, that's messed up. You know, they're trying to give you guys a bad image and they would go, uh, they would go into the clubs, the quote unquote black clubs over here. And as soon as the TV cameras break into the club, the girls would be, as soon as they come in, you'll see the girls all up close with the brothers, right? As soon as those cameras break in and those girls know who they are, they just split away from us like, you know, uh, cockroaches when the lights come on, right? <laughs> oh, well, he's teaching me English and he's this, this, and this. And so, uh, yeah, they had they had uh, guys that was actually, you know, perpetrating that, that, that stereotype that the white man passed down. And, you know, and I don't mean to sound rude or anything, but I was like, you know, when Japanese used to say, well, you, you black people, and this was back in the early eighties. I was like, well, you know, Hey, go and look at that, that plane that dropped the atomic bomb. I don't mean to be rude, but was no black people in it. No black people made the decision. Uh, you need to see us as people. Yeah, we got screwed up people, but so do you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm. So, so I, I really appreciate what you're doing and everything. And, uh, and when people, you know, when I see a black guy mess up over here, I'm not going to be the first to say, oh man, I hope he's messing it up for all black people because he's not. He's a human being that does bad things just like Japanese do bad things, just like anybody in the world does, you know? So, so, but for some reason, they have this fear mm-hmm. of this skin, this this color. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm like, mm. okay, but I think it's getting better though. Well, I mean, you know, I you got Ariana. Seen much evidence of it's getting better. You you don't think so? Because let's look at you know the lady that was repping uh, Miss Universe Japan. 
Did well, you see all the, the people who were... Oh, yeah, I did. Oh. Yeah. You saying the fact that she won? Yeah, I'm saying I, the fact I, that she I, won. I don't know. I, it's not like the public voted. They had a few judges, mm-hmm. you know, and who knows what their motivations were. Maybe they wanted to promote this image of Japan as getting better. Getting yeah. better? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and it worked, point. obviously. To some people, they say, oh, wow, Japan's getting better. Look, we got a half-black... Uh, you know, Miss Universe, but... It happened two years in a row, right? I'm talking about on the ground level. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. On, the, yeah. On, on the street level, I'm not feeling any significant changes since mm. I've been here. Yeah. But, um, well, actually, of late. Of late. And okay. it only... And I'm talking about late, like, this year, 2018. Oh, I, I felt something that I, didn't, I never felt before. It was as a result of, of the, the the campaign I did for against blackface. Yes. Oh, yes. I saw something new this time around. So, so, yeah. so yeah, yeah. G- g- give, our, give our audience a... Um, a brief on that, on the blackface thing. What you know, for those who don't know what happened here this year, well, the end of last. Well, let me year. go back a little bit. So, 2015, <laughs> um, Fuji TV was planning to do a, a segment on their music fair program um, using this uh, doo-wop, this Japanese doo-wop group called Blur Rats and Star. They were going to perform in blackface, and they've been doing it since the 80s. And they've been around, you know, performing in blackface since the oh. 80s. But they haven't been, um, you know, I, and I've seen them since, two, I had seen them since 2004. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I didn't feel really vested in this country. And I felt like, you know, they were older guys, an older generation. And once I, they I know died exactly off, who you're talking about. Yeah. Once they, once they died off, that blackface would die with them, you know. <laughs> but then uh, in 2015, they decided to to perform with a J-pop idol group called Momo Ido Clover Zetto. Mm -hmm. And um, they are not a doo-wop group. They are a J-pop group, and they ain't got nothing to do with blackness at all. So I'm like, why the hell they got these little girls dressing up in blackface, you know? So they're trying to pass this baton of ignorance on to the next generation. So at this point, I said, listen, it's, it's, somebody need to speak up. Ooh, I didn't know. know that. They were using little girls? They were using little Whoa. girls to, per, to perpetuate this this blackface thing into the next generation. And these little girls, and, they, and even from the photos, it looked like they were victimized by this shit. I, it didn't look like they was like, oh, let's do blackface like you. I want to be cool like you. I didn't I didn't see that. I didn't get that kind of feeling from it at all. They I probably got the feeling felt, of yeah. maybe Fuji TV said, listen, that would be cool if you guys did the blackface too. Anyway, I started a petition at that point through change.org to stop them from doing it and or, you know, prevent Fuji TV from airing this blackface segment because it's going to, not necessarily because it's racist, but because it's going to be perceived as racist around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh. You know, people are not going to read into Japanese motivations for doing blackface. They're going to see blackface and think racist. They're going to think Japanese is some, some ignorant racist motherfuckers. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's just, that's the wrong perception that I, I think they would have, that would have been a misperception of Japan that I wanted to, to prevent from occurring. Yes. Plus, oh. plus it is offensive. You know, it's mm-hmm. not necessarily racist, but it is offensive that Japanese are, who perform in blackface can say out of one side of their mouth that we're paying homage to black music and black performance while, you know, they're being told by black people that, you know, this is not an acceptable way to do that and they still persist to do it. So that, to me, tells me that they're more, they're as concerned about paying homage as they are about making a profit. Mm. Because this is how they've been doing it since the 80s. You know, and they can't just turn around and suddenly start doing it without the blackface because that's part of their shtick. Yeah. You know, that's how I saw it. I said, oh. you know, they're not, they can't, they, Rats and Star is not Rats and Star without the blackface. 
You know, even on the music, it's the exact same music. Mm-hmm. Part of their shtick is this blackface thing. Mm. So they have to they have to continue to do it that way. So they ignore the complaints from black people in order to continue to make a profit. I don't know if that's necessarily racist, mm-hmm. but the shit is offensive to me. Yeah. Well, yeah. Now and, that uh, not not to cut you off, but now that you further explained it that way, you know, yeah, yeah. It, it, cause, all right, now let me ask you something. What if they would have used actual black people? You know, and maybe had a couple of guys in blackface. You know. Oh, you mean mixed? Yeah. Uh, let, <laughs> let, let, let's say they would have used black girls and maybe black backup singers or whatever, but uh, a couple of Japanese guys in blackface. Would it be as offensive? Yes. Uh, how so? Because I've been more pissed at the black people that like. <laughs> <laughs> I've been ready to go after them. <laughs> I'm like, what? Because, like, yeah, yeah, not, yeah, yeah. I Good. don't want to change the subject too much, but just yeah. now, for a Chinese New Year, that's what happened in China. Did you yeah. see? The, yeah. So they had the Chinese in blackface with Africans. Yes. I yeah. was more pissed at the Africans than I was the Chinese because <laughs> these are they, it's like they're it's like they're tacitly endorsing this shit. Yeah. By, yeah. by allowing it to 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 to, to go side by side you know, with these blackface point. performers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but anyway, we go back to the yeah, 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 yeah. But there were no black people involved in this. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. This was, but anyway, uh, the the petition was successful. Was, okay. And I and I and I designed a petition so that it, I like again, like I said about the Japan Times. I, this is not if, of course, a lot of foreigners are going to have an issue with this. I wanted to know if Japanese people had an issue with this, mm-hmm. and if they were aware that this was offensive to black people and that their image would be tarnished around the world by doing this, how would they respond? So I made the petition in Japanese ah, okay. and targeted Japanese people. And 4,000 plus, nearly 5,000 of them signed the petition. Mm. Sent this petition to Fuji TV, sent this petition to Shionogi, their sponsor, uh, sent the petition to... Also, I, I sent open letters to... Um, Caroline Kennedy, she was the yeah. oh oh the I, yeah 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 I, I, and a Miss uh, uh, Michelle Obama was on her way here for a visit oh, at the time. Oh. I sent the open letter to her, and Fuji TV got the message, and it was a successful comp- um, petition. They canceled the segment. However, there was no media coverage of any of this. Yes. So Japanese people did not know one that blackface is an issue. Mm-hmm. Two, that a major corporation changed, altered their programming as a result of a petition against this issue. None of this was brought to the Save news. face. Mm-hmm. This year. This year. It happens again. <laughs> on a New Year's program, uh, Hamada-san on their No Laughing. Yes. Uh, oh, you talking about the Gaki. tunnels? Yeah. Or tunnels. No, 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 no not, not tunnels. tunnels. Oh, the comedian. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So uh, that's what happened at the on their new, annual New Year's program. Um, he performed. He did the Eddie Murphy thing. He put on Eddie Murphy out, uh, outfit from Beverly Hills Cop, yeah. and he performed mm-hmm. this this comedy skit in blackface, which is even worse than the musicians doing it in blackface. Now you got it. It's strictly directly black for blackface for laughs. Yeah. You know. So you know. You, I was actually I was actually watching the program when when he did that and um yeah so real quickly I just want to say that it didn't it, I wasn't too hot but there was there was a specific comment that one of the people in the audience or, or that were on the show made uh, in reference to, to him doing blackface and they was like ah ah kawaii kawaii right which means um scary scary, yeah, scary, scary in yeah. Japanese for people who are listening don't understand Japanese so that. That one thing right there, that one comment was like, 
hmm, I don't particularly like this, but, you know. I, I think at that point, I'm watching it, you know, and um, I, know I took a couple of photos, took a couple of screenshots on the, from the television, and I, I sent out some tweets. I think the first tweet said something like, you know, this is the third, because this wasn't the first time in even that week that they did blackface. Mm -hmm. It's like the third time okay. in one week. And um, so I, I think I sent out a tweet saying that, you know, Japan, we got to do better than this. Yes. You know, something like that. And I think the next tweet, I said something like, um, if, if you need black actors, I mean, if you need black characters, hire black actors. If you need, you know, you need better jokes, hire better writers, you know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. blackface is, you know, blackness is not a prop. Yes. You know, we, we are not, you know, blackness is not a joke, so... You know, and it started picking up steam, man. Like it really, up a lot of attention. You yes, know? and um, which resulted in you ended up on CNN, right? BBC. I, it was BBC. BBC. Excuse me. How, how how did that happen? Like how did that all come about? Um, it, it was a it was a, a progression of things. I think one um one thing one significant thing that happened was there's a a, a Japanese lawyer in New York. Okay. And. Uh, she saw the tweets and she was like, "Yeah, what you're saying is absolutely right." And she said, "Here's what I'll do. I'll I'll change your Japanese in your Jap your tweets into Japanese. Okay. And you can retweet them in Nihongo because Japanese need to be reading this too. Because I had tweeted in English. Yes. I was like, okay. And she sent my, she translated my tweets into the appropriate Japanese. Yes. And I retweeted them. That's when it really took off because now Japanese people were reading these tweets mm. and she was tweeting them and she has a like a huge following as well. Okay. So yeah, it started getting a lot of uh, it started picking up a lot of momentum after that. I just thought that was ironic that she's a Japanese living in New York and I'm a New Yorker living in Japan. <laughs> and, we, and we were teaming up. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, and yeah. We had teamed, and this is out of the blue. Now we're like tight. I never met this woman to this date. I haven't even met her. Yeah. But uh we were just working tag teaming on, uh -huh. on Twitter. But anyway, um what happened then was you know as a result of all the retweets and the the, the viralness of this of, yes. this of these messages um i was contacted by Huff, huffington post japan Whoa. Nice. and they were like and this was you know like an hour or two hours into this you know this, mm -hmm. was, this was happening like real time and shit yeah and um they was like you know i want to do a story on you he interviewed me that night wow. you know and um when he when he posted his story Yahoo Japan picked it up. Mm. And Yahoo Japan is like the biggest news distributor in Japan. Right. Mm. And um, that, that's... It's like an avalanche. It's, yeah. It should just... And then, you know, once it was... And Yahoo was basically global. Yes. You know, yeah, for yeah. Japanese all over the world mm -hmm. watching Yahoo. Mm -hmm. and, and Asians, particularly in Asia. Singapore BBC contacted me after that. And they were like, mm. we want to interview you. I said, okay. Yeah. They interviewed me first, and then Global BBC, BBC saw yeah. Singapore BBC, wow. and then they interviewed me next, and then New York Times. I actually got, uh, wow. I actually know a few people who work for Japan, I mean, for New York Times. Mm. So I sent them some direct messages saying, have you seen this BBC coverage and this Huffington Post and this Yahoo coverage? Mm. And then um, my friend at, at New York Times, she sent them one of the writers my direction from New York Times wow. and that's how I got to New York Times so um yeah it, it's got and then you know because of those main kind of sources then it just went everywhere yeah but yeah that was uh that's that's how it went global that's how I got my my 15 minutes of fame yeah you know? yeah I mean I mean so, I, yeah. I I think I saw it on a couple uh what's this uh the podcast it's kind of like a podcast slash um they're on they're on Vice 
Vice Japan. It's two two brothers. They they do a little. Oh uh, yeah, I saw I those guys. They was funny. It's yeah, comedians, right? Yeah, they yeah. Talked about it. Yeah, they hilarious. Yeah, so they they were even talking about it, and I was just like, wow. So my I, man Baye did it. <laughs> so I guess I guess it wasn't enough for you because the way you you know you explained it earlier, I never I never thought of it that way when you said, hey, think about how this makes your country looks mm. to the eyes of the world. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So when you worded it that way. And if that wasn't enough for, I could see a couple of comedians sneaking some stuff in. But if that wasn't a, enough for the uh, what the the television organization to like scold them or you know usually you know when Japan do something Japanese do something messed up they'll be on national TV with them deep bows. If that wasn't enough, then I wonder what will it take. Mm. I'm still wondering because it wasn't enough. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It, it actually wasn't enough. Yeah. I mean, I, I think. I think for the people of Japan, mm-hmm. it might have been enough. Mm-hmm. Or, no, nah, no. I wouldn't even say that. Mm. I think a lot of people in Japan still feel like their media is their media. Got and the right. rest of the world is not watching their media. Mm. You know, True. They, they still have this idea that their, their media is isolated because it's in Nihongo. And no one who is not Japanese is capable of comprehending their language. Exactly. Some of them still have that type of mentality because... Mm-hmm. The media reinforces that idea that Gaijin can't comprehend our culture, our language, our anything. Mm. So they are still walking around with that mentality. It's the media's fault. Yeah. So when I try to attack, I don't attack Japan. Uh-huh. I attack the, the media. Yeah. I think the media is very culpable in, in this in this mm-hmm. respect because they are perpetuating these images and these ideas and this narrative about Japan that that's really uh, it's not accurate. Mm-hmm. It's not accurate. Japan is actually much more diverse than the media would have them, you know, yes. acknowledge because it kind of puts out this image that we are 99.9% J- yes. Japanese. I'm like, it's not exactly true. It's like you're not really counting Hafu, are you? Mm-hmm. Because you start counting Hafu, that number drops. Yeah, yeah my daughter's one of them. You but know what anyway, I'm saying? Yeah, if, yeah. You, if, you start drop, if you start counting it, or you're not counting, like, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of mis- misinformation being put out there being reinforced by the, by the by the media here and that's part of the reason you know i wanted to start this podcast was i didn't want i don't want to talk or cover mainstream japanese culture temples sushi I, yeah we're not, we're not talking yeah. about you know going to a damn temple and i mean that's it's nice you know it's a, it's a mainstream so it's mainstream japanese culture it's very interesting it's informative it's Deep, a deep culture, but oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But we wanted to, you know, get into our connection. We wanted to get into the urban and underground perspective right. and talk to people like yourself and, um, like you said, the, the the foreign representation here in Japan. Or the guy that we had uh, talked with uh, in one of our episodes, Hero, or in our past episode. I mean, he even admits, and he's a Japanese. Oh man, you guys would meet. You guys would really ham it up because he's he lived in New York. Yeah. For 15 years, and he feels more like a New Yorker than a Japanese, right? Yeah. And he even hit up on their 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 prejudices and stuff like that. And hearing that come from a Japanese, you know, it was like, whoa, okay, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, that was, yeah, that so was on point. This is what we, yeah, this is part of well, why we I, do what I, we do on this show. I, I think it's important, not just for Japanese people, but for everybody to mm. get, to, 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 to broaden their perspective by spending some time in another country. Absolutely, yes, a lot. I does. mean, big time. I, I didn't realize how Americanized I was until I came here. 
Mm-hmm. And when I was living in America, I thought of myself as the most anti-American black person it was. <laughs> and then I came here, and I'm defending Coca-Cola and, you know, McDonald's. I'm like, what the fuck are you attacking my country for, you know? Damn, so, bro, yes. Yeah, I, I didn't realize, you know, the, the impact of the propaganda and the impact of the, the narrative that you live under, even though you might not agree with it, is still... Mm-hmm. You're still absorbing that shit. Yeah. You're still absorbing yeah. the values wow. of, yeah. the, of the country you're coming from, you know, and you don't realize until you're outside of that. Exactly. And I'm sure that's what happened with your friend that, that you interviewed, you know. He, yeah. got out, he got to New York. It didn't matter where he was. It, pretty much, it's going to happen to you wherever the hell you go. Exactly. Right, right, you know? right. It, I don't think it was, it's necessarily, you know, New York. Cause, yeah. You know, it's, it could have been Louisiana. Mm-hmm. He'd have been down there. He'd have been like, came back like, there's something wrong with this country. You know? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. yeah, yeah. He would have picked up an accident or anything. But yeah. I'm saying, I, I, I think that it's just important to get outside of your culture. Yeah. Absolutely. Outside of that narrative, outside of that indoctrination, for you to be able to see it more um for, more clearly for what it is yeah and and, and you and it's not just that you're going to recognize the problems with it you're going to recognize the strength of it as well absolutely you know so yeah i, I recommend that for everybody man yeah because i know when i first came to japan i was you know i didn't think i would be i didn't i wasn't aware that i was doing it but i'm touting american i'm talking and i'm like yeah american and and yeah the national football league you guys need to get bigger you know i'm, I'm touting all that crap and then i and then when i look back it's like wow there's so much beauty over here mm-hmm. there's so much wow we got americans have so much to learn from this culture oh yeah mm-hmm. you know and even 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 you know the guy hero that we had the podcast with he still loves his culture you know, it's just some things that he feels that they need to change because he's lived in the States and he's a he's a more open minded, liberated uh, human, you know, human being, you know, that just happens to be Japanese, you know. And so, wow. You know, yeah. I, shout I, I out encourage to, it. Yeah. yeah shout out. Shout out to Hero, man. Yeah, um, hero, he's off the chain. Yeah. I, and, um, I think when I, when I first got here, I think initially the, the type of girls that you're going to run into, like, you know, you came here and you're looking for girls, you know, you're going out oh, to a party yeah. and you're going to meet the girls. But initially the most, the girls I met were, were girls who had spent time outside of Japan. Mm-hmm. You know, they're English speaking and, yeah, you know, yeah. they only date gaijin kind of thing. Oh, and and generally you meet them and they're like, oh, I hate Japanese guys. They're so this, they're so that, they're so that. I only date, you know, foreigners and, you know, I like mm-hmm. black guys. Or, you know, you get yeah. these kind of girls and. To me, I, I I want nothing to do with that kind of mentality. Anybody who who has that much self hate, mm-hmm. you know, because a lot of times they, you always run into girls who I hate Japan. Kind of like how you described Hilo, but I don't think yeah. it was probably probably more severe than him. Mm-hmm. You know, they this they I don't know what kind of experience they had when they went to Australia. Usually, it's some you know, Australia, England, the ones who hate Japan. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's not necessarily America, because America, I, I haven't met anybody who went and spent time in America, come back and hate Japan. Gotcha. But the British ones who go to England, the ones who go to <laughs> Australia, they come back here mm-hmm. for some reason. They really like, no, no. But I think it's because mm-hmm. they've gone from a culture that is single-minded to another culture that is really single-minded, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just... Single-minded differently. <laughs> yeah, a different kind of single-mindedness. So, yeah. so some of the ideas that that were that were pounded into them in Japan mm-hmm. are reinforced in another country, mm-hmm. but with some alterations that that they say, well, we could be single-minded and great like England. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, I just felt that kind of way. Or maybe they picked up on uh, some. Some bad habits gotcha. in, in right. these countries, and not to say New York is going to reinforce good habits. I mean, I, 
I, I can't. I would love to. I'm going to listen to this podcast. I yeah. want to hear what Hilo had to say about. Oh, you got to listen to Hilo because yeah. I think most of the Japanese I've met who've done the New York thing, it, 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 you go through stages. It, at same type of stages we go through mm-hmm. living as foreigners here in Japan, they are going through living as a foreigner in New York, and it's going to be this 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 uh, homesickness followed by. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, an attempt to uh, acclimate or to exactly, you mm-hmm. know, um, you know, to 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 trans make a transition into the culture and so mm-hmm. And you're gonna there's, there's certain obstacles that you can that you know for a fact that everybody's gonna run into exactly. You know, along the way, and I'm sure, and I'm sure that's the exact same case that he 15 years in New York. I'm sure he ran into similar mm-hmm. similar types of uh, obstacles and um, that need hurdles that need to be yeah, you know. Yeah, going back what you were saying about women, you know, when I used to go to the club, I thought it was a big turnoff when a Japanese girl would, would you know, get a tan, nap up her hair and wear some big gold looped earrings and put her hands on her hip and try to act like a sister. Still is. Yeah. And I'm like, that that to me, I mean, it was fun when I, you know, smashed a couple of them back in the day. But be honest with you, um, it was a turnoff to me because, you know, you know I just love you being you. And, and, and so not to say that it, it, even if I'd have hooked up with a black woman, I wanted her to be herself. I ain't wanted her to come around trying to walk like a Japanese lady or something like that. I just say, hey, you be you. And if we if we gel and we connect and we hit mm-hmm. it off, it's going to be a beautiful thing. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But, yeah, I was always turned off by the ones that, well, you know, my man. I was like, huh? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think I think if you if you have experience outside of your home country and you somehow change the way you think, the way you, uh, the way you carry yourself, I, I think that's fine. But yeah, some, sometimes it just seems a little over the top Yeah, for, yeah. when these Japanese girls like are like really into hip hop culture or, or, you know, yeah, it's kind of like these, yeah. these guys here in Japan who are really into Japanese culture, you know, yeah. and they're like, I don't, I don't even speak English anymore. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, they just kind of, just disowning everything that occurred to them before before then. I mean, the, the, the extreme Japanophiles. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think they went too far, just like mm-hmm. anybody who suddenly hates Japanese, not suddenly, but becomes the, comes to hate Japanese people, I think they've gone too far, too. Exactly. Absolutely. But, um, I don't hate Americans. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. You know, I, love- I don't even hate Trump. I, I don't hate Americans. I don't, I don't got any hate for anybody. Mm-hmm. I, I think you know, that hate just raises your blood pressure, my man. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, uh, you know, I don't hate blackface. You know, I don't hate. You know, I'm just like, you know, it's, it's problematic. It's exactly. problem. Yeah, Let's yeah, yeah. Just the problem. Yeah, but you, you know, know, people can kind of make other people think that. Yeah. You know, exactly. Yeah. People, people like extremes. Yeah, they want you to be an extremist. You mm-hmm. know, you know, yeah. make you extremely an for extremist. something or extremely against something. Any type of moderation, it feels kind of weak. I, I kind of felt that energy when I was on the air with BBC. Yes, I think BBC I wanted that. me to to be an extreme kind of. Yeah, Japanese are racist. This is a racist country, and you know, Japanese need to wake up and. I and I, I thought I thought you did a great job. Yeah, with, yeah, most definitely. I, I thought you did a great job with sticking to your main point which yeah. you wanted people to know and yeah you, and also, you didn't you didn't want people to know that you know you're not racist he's not racist or, that, or, or, or prepare, japanese are not racist he's just yeah trying to say that they need to be more aware and, and you know perpetuate the image of, of an you know, angry black man yeah I mean, 
that's uh, you know yeah you know because I, I saw how calm and cool you were in that interview and it seemed like you know i guess that's their job in a way it seemed like they're trying to poke and pry definitely, and, definitely. yeah yeah, I think she, yeah. I, I, actually i told her i said it's not a, it's not a racist I, I said i agree with you that uh it's culturally offensive but i don't think it's necessarily racist exactly. and then she says well, why do you think it's racist yeah i didn't remember I, that part didn't i just say <laughs> exactly i said well if there is any racism involved it's, it's likely unintentional I yes, said. yes, I, I remember right. that. You did say that. You know, and I, I do think it's unintentional. I think yeah. there is a lot of, a great deal of unintentional racism. Yeah, 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 going yeah. On it's here. just ignorance, you, you know? know? I mean, when I was talking about from the first book, those three types of racism, mm-hmm. I think I would put most Japanese in that third category, which was the oblivious the, the, Yeah, the oblivious, mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah. They, they're not really aware of it, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. They don't, they're not aware that, you know... This is st- offensive. St- that... That thinking of all white people as poodles and thinking of all Japanese people as chihuahuas and thinking of all black people as pit bulls mm. and German <laughs> is, is problematic. Yeah. Right. As far as they're concerned, that's that's God made them to be this way, you know, mm. whatever their version of that is. Well, creation all black, is. All black you know, people could rap, play basketball, and run fast. Right, right. And that's just, you know, that's your gift. You know, it's mm-hmm. don't even think of it as like this is racist. It's like, oh, you blessed. Yeah. You're blessed to have those athletic abilities. I'm like, mm-hmm. my brother can't fucking run jump or whatever. And you know, you and, know. And, and we do it too, you know. Yeah, you yeah, talk yeah. to any ignorant right. American and they think that all Japanese you know, do great uh, at math and science and you know Yeah, and eat uh know, do kung not kung fu but uh karate. Karate, right. yeah, and yeah. You know. exactly. so every child is in judo class or some shit. Right. Yeah. yeah. Everybody eat with sticks. And walk yeah. around kimonos and Yeah, I say yeah. and that and that but so my, my I feel like my my task, especially particularly with my column and my writing, is mm-hmm. to raise awareness that these these stereotypes, even though some people fulfill them, definitely, yes, yeah, no, help, no, help. but they're not hard and fixed, and you mm-hmm. know you need to look at this as a as not even guidelines, just it's a possibility mm-hmm. that this person might you know play basketball, or love basketball, but it's not a definite, exactly. yeah, you know, and that person is not you know an aberration if they're not a basketball player, you know, because mm-hmm. that's how Japanese approaches, like mm-hmm. you don't play basketball, <laughs> you know, like. You remember the movie Soul Man? I don't want to go back. To that. <laughs> the eighties is horrible, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a dark time. Yeah, but yeah, I remember Soul Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, Marcus, let's get Marcus. Let's get Marcus on our. T- well, that was a black face. But anyway, so, so what's so what's new? What's new coming from you, man? You got anything? Well, I'm I'm still in the process of of translating my first book. Okay. Uh, that book we were talking about, how my name is local and I'm a racist. Mm-hmm. Translating that into Japanese. Hopefully that'll be done this year. It'll be good timing. Okay. Um, I'm also working on another book, an English book, and I got a, a a work of fiction likely coming out this year as well. My first work of fiction. So hopefully, okay. two or three of those projects will be done this year. I haven't published anything, you know, mm-hmm. significant in in a few years now. It's been since 2016. Since okay. 2015, so yeah, because you do have another book, which is um, the local in Yokohama. Yokohama. So yeah, so I have two books out there, and I'm working on a third and fourth. And I also want to branch out into some other areas. I want to, you know, work on some screenplays and some stage plays and cool. um, some television, perhaps, and a YouTube uh, channel. I want to do some other things. So we'll see. Okay, you know, so we definitely appreciate you for. Coming on the podcast. But before we leave, I wanna I wanna throw this out here. I know y'all can't see the book, but when I picked up this book, mm-hmm. Hi, my name is Loco and I am a racist. I couldn't put it down. Mm-hmm. It took me through so many ranges of emotions, brother. I mean, the way you wrote the book, it was like I was experiencing some of it. It took it was funny, it was intense, and you know, it 
it had some emotional parts in it that brought a tear out of my eye also. Mm. But all I've got to say is that I was the first person I had in mind, you know, when I called, when I, you remember when I called you, I said, man, he need to hook up with Spike Lee. This is something, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> mm -hmm. Two Brooklynites doing something because this book should be a movie. Mm. I, sent, I sent it to Spike. I haven't heard back. So. Man, yo, well, Spike, man. What's yo, up with yo, that, man? Yeah, Spike. What's up with you, Spike? I'm telling <laughs> you. Hey, give up some of them damn New York Knicks games and, 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 and get a local a call and stuff, bro. But, yeah, right, man. Yeah, well, thanks again for coming on. Man, um, you want to give any uh, your social media plugs, anything? People uh, yeah, get your well, information. I mean, if you want to follow, follow my uh, social social networking, you can catch me on Twitter at Lokohama. That's L O C O. H A M A. You can catch me on uh, Facebook as by by McNeil author. Uh, you can follow me on uh, uh, IG on okay. Instagram. Also Lokohama L O C O H A M A. All right, that does it. I'm yes, Tokyo sir. Cliff. Chocolate Buddha in the house. Yep. And by McNeil. All right. Peace. Local peace. Yokohama. Oh, Yokohama. <laughs>